Welcome you to the sports kingdom. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the TSK Show. I'm your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. I'm joined by my co-host, Tyler Pachelke. What's up, TP? How you living, man? Living good. No complaints here. Oh, yeah. The NBA Finals are upon yes, us. Yeah. Uh, before we start, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Be sure to follow at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to find myself or Tyler on Twitter, be sure to follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler's underscore world underscore all of our content can be found on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. Just type in keyword The Sports Kingdom Show. Check us out on Anchor as well, anchor.fm slash Show, or just download the Anchor app for your iPhone or Android. So like I said, Tyler, the NBA Finals are set, and as predicted by a lot of people, even before the season started, the Cavs and the Warriors will face off for the fourth season in a row. Also, the All-NBA teams have been announced, and I must say I disagree with a few of the selections. Uh, But also, we are going to finish off our three-part series uh, that we've been doing over the past couple of weeks. Tyler will reveal his way-too-early power rankings presented by the Cut Barbershop. But first, I thought we'd start with the All-NBA teams. Just kind of get that out of the way real quick. Yeah, something quick. Yeah, so, I mean... If you want, I can just list first team, second team, third team real quick. No, let's talk about each team. Okay. Let's do it real quick. So, first team was LeBron James, the forward, James Harden, the guard, and then the NBA had it listed as center slash forward, Anthony Davis. Yep. And then Damian Lillard was the other guard, and then another forward was obviously Kevin Durant. Yeah, they uh, they've been they kind of dropped the center thing from all NBA the last couple years, but they didn't drop it from the defensive team. So it's just kind of weird that Ant. My first thing was like they just need to get rid of the positions altogether. I think for these awards, for the most part. Yeah, um, it just needs to be five players. Because I, I think like the positions will take care of itself. Like I think you'll have some guards and some bigs in the top yeah. five. I don't think the top five will ever be just all point guards or all bigs. But it's like Ant Davis is the first team All NBA center, but the All NBA defensive first team power forward. Yeah, it's just kind of like, all right, just drop that shit. Not that it really matters, but as far as the first team go, like I know that the big one's Lillard, that everyone's kind of talking about. Uh, yeah, as far as being like wrong, and I think wrong is the right wrong. Wrong is the wrong word in my opinion. Because uh, yeah, I, I think he deserves it. I just think there was someone that deserved it more than him. Yeah, it's like you're not, I'm not. I'm not mad at Lillard for being first team. He had an amazing season, but I think um, I think Russ had a better season. Okay, so we're in agreement on that. Yeah, I think the the two big ones for me that uh, which was weird to have two two guys on the first team that I didn't really think. Again, not that they don't deserve it, but Durant and Lillard, I didn't really see as, like, all NBA first team players this year. Whereas, like, Russ, I, I think he should definitely have been on there. And then I um, I would have took DeMar DeRozan or Giannis um, over Durant, in my opinion. Um, but that's just – I think that's just – Durant is, like – you know, he's playing for the Warriors. So it's kind of hard to get yeah. – he blends in sometimes, which is not necessarily a bad thing because he's got other people going off. But I didn't really – you know, I don't know. I just didn't see first team All NBA from him. 
But that doesn't really mean anything. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I definitely see what you're saying with Giannis and DeMar DeRozan. DeMar DeRozan, obviously, he was on the best team in the Eastern Conference. I G- thought DeMar re- is really the one. Um, Giannis, and I'll stop saying Giannis. I've, <laughs> I've gotten some complaints over this. Really? Oh, yeah. Because his name's not Giannis, but I just say it's – I'm just so used to saying it now. But Giannis, <laughs> you know, I think he deserved it, but second team's not really that bad. Um, yeah, as far he, as, like, where he's at, I thought that was, like, a good, you know, sec for second team. But I definitely think DeMar was the guy. I think DeMar and Russell both deserved first team and, and didn't get it. Yeah, I mean, my, my only thing with Giannis for saying that he wasn't really first team was he started out hot. He started out great, yeah, yeah. but he kind of resorted yeah. back to the mean and kind of averaged out and well, had and the, the season that we all kind of expected. They lost their coach. And yeah. It, yeah, there was a lot going on, which is why I think he ultimately got second team uh, due to team success and every, the turmoil there. And um, they're trying to just kind of figure out what they're doing as far as the franchise goes in, in general. They know that they're going to, you know, go around Giannis. Yeah, so, I mean, let's just, let's just get to the second team. So we yeah. got uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo as one of the forwards. We got Russell Westbrook as one of the guards. Uh, Joel Embiid as a center, and then a center-slash-forward, LaMarcus Aldridge. And then, uh, to round it out, another guard, DeMar, DeMar DeRozan. Yeah, LaMarcus. He, he had he a had hell a great, of a year. He had a great year, but I'm still that's another one where I think he was kind of misplaced. I think he definitely is deserving um, of an all-NBA, like, you know, maybe a third team, but second team, I don't know. Cat had an amazing year on both ends of the court. Victor Oladipo was amazing. Um, you know, PG-13 and Jimmy are two-way players, you know. But ultimately, I think you're just kind of nitpicking at that point. You know, it's yeah. not like I really am uh, – it's not that I really think LaMarcus is that bad of a, um, a second-teamer. It's not like – I mean, I think Russ was definitely the biggest uh, guy that should be disappointed out of anybody. Oh, for sure. Um, but, yeah, I guess the second team in general is probably my, my, my gripe looking at it because, you know, I, I like Russ and – DeMar to move up and LaMarcus to move down a little bit. Yeah, no, I mean, definitely my biggest gripe was Russell not being on the first team. It's like, how do you average a triple-double and not be all-NBA first team? Yeah, it just shows you, it just shows you what, a, uh, what a year does. I guess. You did, you did it one time, now we're good. Yeah. But, I mean... It, I mean, pretty good. It, I mean, for the most part, I like all the list of names. I don't. There's no one that I'm like pissed about that got it. Yeah. There's no one that I thought that's like really undeserving. I think everybody, including Steph Curry, is all is all deserving. Yeah. And then, well, although it's like, I know Kyrie got hurt, but got well, yeah, hurt, where would know? he have been? Yeah. No, I think Kyrie probably would have been flirting with first team if for if sure he, if he wouldn't have gotten hurt. So. Yeah. And then, so the third team. To round it out, uh, the two guards were Steph Curry and Victor Oladipo. And then we got Carl Anthony Towns, Jimmy Butler, and Paul George. Yep. Pretty pretty, pretty solid. Pretty good. I think I think they did it the right way. Um, you can see in the third team they really uh, rewarded two-way players. For sure. Oladipo, Jimmy, PG-13, Cat. Yep. All uh, two-way players. And Steph so, is Steph. Yeah, Steph, I mean, he's – yeah, Steph's the man. Yeah. And, I mean, my biggest gripe – isn't even with the third team, but it's with a player on the third team at Paul George and how he didn't get first team all defense. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard to, uh, it's hard to really, um, you got to really watch a lot of basketball to, to pick perimeter players on the all defensive teams, because you got to really know who's guarding the best players every night. 
um, which I think Paul George did, but I just, yeah. I mean, he definitely could have been first team, but I don't know necessarily. If I would have watched everything like Robert Covington, I don't know if he was like, was he absolutely their best defensive player, you know? Yeah. Like, it's, you just never know. Paul George is a better name for sure. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, Paul George, he, he almost led the league in steals. And he did lead the league in steals at one point during the season. Yep. So I feel like he, he just had a monster defensive year in Oklahoma City. Yep. But anyway, let's let's move on to uh, re- recapping the conference finals and previewing uh, the NBA finals. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. So obviously last night, the Warriors closed out the Western Conference finals for the fourth, fourth year in a row. 101-92 was the final score after trailing at halftime by 11. Yeah, so. third quarter Warriors. <laughs> Yeah. They fuck up everybody. Well, game six, they only let Houston score 25 points in the second half. Yeah. No, I mean, I don't know. It's it's tough. It's it's. I feel so bad for Mike D'Antoni. I don't. I do. I mean, I just think to get that close twice, you know what I mean, and really not feel good about the chances, the, the you know, losing um, losing Amari Stoudemire and um, – and Boris Diaw in Phoenix yeah. in that Rob Dory incident. Yeah. When they really they had Phoenix, they had San Antonio and then um to lose Chris Paul. You know, not saying that if Chris Paul plays they win, which that you I, I don't like to get into that. I don't it, like to get into I don't want to he, I don't want to hear that. He didn't play. They didn't win. That's that's what happened. Yeah. Um, but I mean the things that there are interesting things to talk about. Do they miss twenty seven threes in a row if Chris Paul's not on the court? You know what I mean? Like, Probably. I, I, we don't know. Yeah. But again, again, like I don't necessarily like to do that, but there are some, this game had some fun things to talk about in that regards because I don't, I've never seen a team miss 27 shots, it's let alone 27 one, threes. One in 72,000 like percent chance that happens. Yeah, it's in, you know, it gets in their, it gets in their head, I think, at that but, time. You but know? here's the thing. Don't you think that, I mean. Trevor Reza should have stopped shooting. Well, it, you know, there, there, as, there as, a, co- as a coach, they weren't all bad shots. My, no, they weren't all bad shots. But once you miss like 10 in a row, don't you think you got to start going to the hole? You know, it's that's that's the tough part about D'Antoni is and, and same with same with Duke basketball um, live and die by the three. I mean, when they're not hidden, it's it's hard to watch because, you know, your team can hit these shots. Yeah. You know, your guys normally make that shot. But the thing about the three-pointer, and basically outside of the Warriors, basketball history has proven that, like, you cannot count on the three-ball to win you no. championships. No, I mean, Houston shot 7 of 44 from three in game seven. Which the three is their game, and they had to they had to chuck threes without Chris Paul. I, they had to because they, they had to outscore Golden State, which they were doing in the first half. They played well. I mean, yeah. they, you know, I don't think Houston played that bad. And I don't necessarily think the Golden State like dominated or or played that great. No. I just think if you have a dry spell, they're not beating Charlotte, they're not beating Milwaukee, yeah. they're not beating anybody you throw at them. Um, if you miss twenty seven threes in a game, I mean, here, here it's as simple as this: for Game Seven for the Golden State Warriors, everything that went wrong in the first half went right in the second half. Well, and it's like you know, Ariza. I love Ariza too. Trevor is the man. Oh, Got a ring so for Lakers. But dude, he is guarding Kevin Durant, the second best player in the world, for, and he was his effort was amazing. I mean, yeah. a plus effort on the defensive side, but an a plus effort in defense does not hit you buckets. No, and he didn't have any legs. And 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 um, you know, uh, I forget who was calling the game. 
but they were just like, you know, when do you stop shooting? You know what I mean? As a pro, I think it was Weber and Reggie Miller. So it was guys that like yeah. have green lights. And they're just like, when do you stop shooting? Because it's like, you know, in his person, you know, Trevor knows he can play. Yeah. He knows he can hit these shots. But when you're in a game seven and you've missed your first 11 shots and you know, I mean, you could see it. I mean, he was. You just see his body language. He was tired. I mean, and he, shoot, and he had to shoot threes um, because that's where they put him on the court. It's just it, was, it wasn't working. Um, yeah. And I mean, I, I, I think you, the Rockets. They knew they had an uphill battle. No, yeah, I don't think going they, in. They didn't have a they didn't have a very good shot, if any shot, at winning the game. I didn't I think, think they had they have as much a shot as winning that game as Cleveland does. You know what I mean? It's basically, listen, James, you got to control the game. You need to hit threes. You need to get to the line. And, you know he, I mean? and James Harden, when how your team can't win if your if your best player goes two of twelve from three point line. I know it's too bad because I don't think James I think James Harden is as good of a star as anybody. I don't think there's any knocks. I don't think his three point game he, is he doesn't really show up in big games. I mean he showed up for Oklahoma City when they made that run to the finals big time. But he, he was the reason the but he was the reason they lost that finals. And he was getting to the bucket with ease. I don't I he was the reason they lost that finals. He did not show up in the they finals. They weren't. They weren't the team though. They they didn't have. They weren't ready. That Oklahoma City, like Cleveland did in two thousand seven. I think Oklahoma City was a young team that got to the finals a year too early. It, see, it's you know, funny. I don't think they were ready. I don't think they would have beat that that Miami team even if they had Harden rolling. But leading up to the finals, Harden got them there. Yeah. I mean, and and he got paid off oh, of that yeah. because they shot. They showed that he is unstoppable with dribble penetration yeah i don't think i don't think he's i don't think uh james harden i don't i don't have i don't question his like ability to win in clutch situations or any of that kind of like fable you know do you think legendary you, shit i think he's got everything he needs i mean he just needs a better better you, team and a better performance do you think the narrative that steph doesn't show up in big games can be put to rest now i don't think that that's a I don't. I wouldn't buy into that narrative anyway. I I didn't buy into that narrative either, but now, it I is mean, a narrative now, out there. Yeah, yeah, no, and I mean, like originally, I was not a big a big fan of Golden State. I I fought it forever. Last year, I put it to rest because I was just done with it. They got KD. <laughs> you I'm gave not gonna, up. I'm not going to hate on them. And, and but what it was is my gripe would just you know not even a gripe, but just like my thought process and changing and the way the game changed. It's just that you know growing up, I. Three point small ball did not win championships. No. And when Golden State won their first one, I was like, okay, they got one. I, like, I'm not gonna, I'm still not sold that small ball and three wins your championship. Then, you know, they did lose a 3 1 lead to Cleveland that next season. Yeah. You know, um, so I was like, I felt right. I felt like my opinion was right. You know, the small ball, the three point stuff wasn't it's working. Not they won work. 73 games, and I still stay to it. But, you know, last year adding KD and they they got their second one. I can't I can't argue with that anymore. They've won multiple. They're not just a one off. It's it's going down. Yeah, and episode four. Yeah, and I mean the same story that could be said about the Houston Rockets could similarly be said about Boston against the Cavs in their game seven because once the Cavs got a lead in the fourth quarter, Boston just started chucking up shots and they just couldn't hit one to save their life. Yeah. And mo most notably, their savior for the playoffs, Terry Rozier, was the one chucking them and missing them. Yeah, and he didn't do anything in the Eastern Conference Finals, no. in my eyes. I mean, he, no. he played amazing the first two rounds, but and anybody, I think he came back to reality. For the, sure, it's not he's not 
He's not a star. And He's you, not a top 20 point guard in the league. And when you have a player of LeBron James's caliber in the other locker room watching film and dissecting film the way LeBron James does it, yeah. he's going to see things other people don't see. Well, I mean, and I, and maybe LeBron was part of this too, but it's like Ty Lue and, and they, you know, they made the call, like they're switching everything. It's like, yeah. you know, I mean, we got, we got to get who we want having the ball against Rogier, and they can do whatever they want against him. The amount of times that we saw LeBron James being guarded by but, Terry Rozier yeah. – it's easy. You set a ball screen, it's over. <laughs> but that's but that's what you have to do, you know, if you, if you want to win games, you have to you have to be able to play defense all over the court. Yeah. And I mean the, the whole that whole thing how you you didn't buy into the narrative that Steph doesn't show up in big games. I never bought into the narrative that the Celtics were going to be fine without Kyrie Irving. No, no, <laughs> they 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 did way more than I thought they could. Oh, for sure. You know, I didn't think they were going to, you know, I just didn't see it get going that far. I mean, I thought that they were a team they could, you know, they could lose in the first round, second round, or third round. It's not really going to be a surprise either way. They're a good team, well-coached, young players. Yeah, here, here's the but, thing. We both saw both of these series going five games, and they both went seven. Yeah, from day one. I mean, it's just this we – we all knew this was going to happen. It just didn't happen the way we thought it was going to happen. No, but, I mean, I, I definitely said at the beginning of the playoffs – Golden State and Cleveland aren't going in twelve and zero and twelve and one. No, but they're yeah, yeah, they're going to no. meet in the finals. Yeah, no, not at all. This was this was a very entertaining finals. I mean, especially since Cleveland played two game sevens, Golden mm-hmm. State played a game seven. Yeah. So um, it was good. I mean, one thing, one one note I wanted to make was um, the last four seasons. You know what we're talking about. I think the NBA has changed dramatically. Um, I've taken a completely different view and approach to how you know I like analyze the game and everything. It's like. In the last four seasons, I've seen three things I thought I would never see, ever. I never I never in my life did I think I would see a triple-double average for a season. Now it's been done twice. I never thought I'd see that either, so that's one, one for one for me too. Never in my life did I think I would see um, a team lose less than 10 games, so beat that 72-10 and 10 record. Yeah, I never, I, ne- I never I, thought that. I never thought I would see that, and never in my wildest dreams did I think any pro sports would have the same matchup in the finals four years in a row. Yeah, I mean, I mean they're just things. Four years ago, this I, it wasn't possible, and now it is possible. It just shows you the way the game's changing, and I think it just shows how a, talented players are now. Not only was it possible, it was probable the entire year. Yeah, yeah, no, all, all of it. I mean, the seventy-three and nine. Well, I'm 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 talking I'm talking more about I'm the, talking more about teams the, seeing each other four times in yeah, the yeah, it's in the finals. Cr- yeah, it's it's. It's unbelievable. I mean, it's just it's a different game. The players are more skilled now. The the structure of how the NBA works and how teams are put together is different. Golden State, I think Golden State, Stephen Curry, LeBron James, these people, these groups changed the way the NBA is for for good. I think it'll, oh, it'll, for, it'll yeah. never go back, you know. It'll it'll change again, but right now we're just seeing something I never thought I would see before. Yeah. And then, I mean, in terms of the actual NBA finals between Golden State and Cleveland, um, what's crazy to think about for me personally is like two X factors, one on each side, probably both teams' biggest X factors, Andre Iguodala and Kevin Love are both coming off of injury and their status is basically unknown. Cause, yeah, I, mean, I, think, I think Iguodala's is a little worse of a scenario than Kevin Love's just because of definitely. concussions. like. You can norm your your physical body isn't like you know right holding you back, but uh, 
Yeah, it's going to be an interesting game. I mean, I think I think ultimately Golden State's going to win in five. Same. Just Same. that's kind of what my mind tells me. It's amazing that LeBron even has a chance right now. Like, it's just crazy that he has a chance. Golden State's favorite in game one, I think, by like 12 points. Yeah, it's it's uh I think I think it's going to be a uh, a five game series, but you never know with with LeBron and you know Draymond could get suspended any time. You know Steph could get hurt. Yeah, Iguodala may not come back. You know for the first couple games, J.R. Smith could go six for six from three point one game. Yeah, and and that's the kind of thing where I think they'll win at least one game, but. You know, this season, this series could go either way right now. You know, yeah. it's, it's it's zero zero still, so um, we'll have to roll the ball out and play. It's going to be interesting to see. My my, the one thing I'm most like like the the thing that I'm watching for the most is like the matchups and who Cleveland starts. Do they start Kevin Love and Tristan Thompson and go big? Um, and if they do, that means Bron's got to guard Clay or KD, which I don't think they want. No. And if they want LeBron to guard Kevin Looney, um, then they got to go small and they got to start Jeff Green or Kyle Korver. Yeah. Do they want to do that? You know, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Uh, what what else? I think you have to start Love and Tristan Thompson. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't think LeBron wants to guard KD. I I, I definitely think you have to start Love and Tristan Thompson because you got to go with the guys that have been there. Yeah. And, but. I mean, like you said, I don't think LeBron is going to want to guard Clay or KD because he, he's going to exert. He's definitely not going to guard Clay. He's, he's not going to run around no, through he's, screens. He's going to exert way too much energy on yeah, defense. He not, won't be able to get anything done on offense. They're not going to do that. George Hill is going to guard Curry, and I think that's like he's going to, you know, it's whatever. You know, Curry's going to do what Curry does. George Hill's a serviceable guy, but outside of that, I have no idea what the, you know, you don't want you don't want Tristan Thompson guarding Draymond because you don't want. Tristan getting out in the three, you know, so you really yeah, you Tristan don't want him Thompson, out on the perimeter. I, you know, Tristan Thompson can really only play against Looney and Bell, which is not really a good thing. And then it's like people like Kyle Korver. I, if I was Ty Lue, I would only put Kyle Korver in the game when Sean Livingston's in the game. Yeah, I would not let Kyle <laughs> Korver guard anybody on the Warriors other than Sean Livingston. <laughs> Livingston's coming in. All right, Korver's coming in. You know what yeah. I mean? Don't. It's like it's like when it's like when your coach just, uh, there's just matchup problems all. It's over. like when your coach tells you on deep like on defense, you follow him to the bathroom. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> like yeah, you're. That's it. That's your only assignment. You don't get to switch. You don't get to do. And Kyle Korver's a serviceable guy. Obviously, oh. he's made it in the league this long. You know, he can play defense. He played like, with AI in Philly. But he's not a he, he's not he's not like a massive liability. But he's he's a liability if he's got to chase Clay or guard KD. Yeah. And then, so speaking of some more matchups, uh, we got a few former Lakers in the finals. Now, yeah, we, we got, got three of them. We got Nick Young, we got Larry Nance, and Jordan Clarkson. Yep. Out of those three, who do you think is going to have the best NBA finals? Uh, I mean, I definitely don't think it's Swaggy P. You don't think he's going to have a good NBA finals? No, I just don't think there's any, like... I mean, it, his job's easy. He can just go in there and check up shots. But That's why not, I think he's that, not gonna. I just don't think he's gonna get that many, a ton of minutes, especially if Iguodala comes back. Well, they that, run a pretty tight ship. That's exactly why I think he is gonna have the best series, is because his team is ultimately gonna win. Yeah. So it's like he's yeah. gonna be yeah. in position yeah. to 
play the way he wants to play because he'll probably be in garbage time. Yeah, I hope I hope it's I hope it's Jordan Clarkson because he needs to step up after that Eastern Conference Finals. Well, just in general, I mean, I think if you know Clarkson and Nance are are Cavs now. Yeah, you know what I mean. They're not like don't matter if LeBron's there next year or not. They have to play for the Cavs. So <laughs> yeah, it's, it's they're stuck. Yeah, so they I think those two guys need to play well because they're kind of part of the Cleveland. They're the they're the insurance policy for Cleveland's future. It's it's Clarkson, it's Nance, and it's their eighth overall pick. Yeah, you know those are gonna be their like their three like younger kind of like that's their that's their young core for for the future. And then I mean also I mean. I think knowing we got the Sonics meeting up. Yeah, Jeff Green and last uh, KD. Last two. Yeah, after Nick Carlson retired. Last of a dying breed. But also, also with Nick Young and Jordan Clarkson, it'll be it'll be funny to watch the pregame to see them try and one up each other in style oh, every like time. Swag. Yeah, because yeah. that's I mean, no that's just gonna be funny. Uh, I mean, no one's touching uh, Swaggy P's shoe game this year. Not even PJ Tucker. Peter and I Hamlin. don't fuck with Adidas at all, but why I'm giving Nick Young all the credit this year for Sneaker King over P.J. Tucker, who P.J. Tucker wore heat every game. Oh. But the era in which Swaggy P decided to pull shoes from this year, the Gilbert Arenas, the T-Max, yep. the Pro Models, you know. He just. It was just, it's an era that I grew up playing basketball in, so. That I, was Adidas' prime. Well, yeah, that's when they that's when they started popping off in basketball for sure. I mean, they basically only had the pro model basketball shoe until they got all those guys like Duncan Billups, Gilbert Arenas, T Mac. Yep. All those guys came came in at the same time. So, yeah, be be interesting. Yeah. Carson, so. he fucked up. He wore some baby blue shoes in the Eastern Conference <laughs> Finals, when, and and I found out. You know, I was like, okay, they're Kobe's. He's a Kobe guy, whatever. Then I found out they were DeMar DeRozan's, like, player edition oh, Kobe's. So, so he, they're not even Kobe's. Yeah, DeMar DeRozan Kobe's on that were baby blue, and they are wearing, like, black and red unis. I was just like, dude, come on. Dude. They better be a really, like, a shoe that you broke in or something. Cleveland Cleveland loves wearing that black jersey because that's what they won the title in. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. It's a tough one. And then, I mean, I just got an alert right now. Uh, 76ers head coach Brett Brown just got a three-year contract extension. Yeah, I mean, fuck, he's stuck with him this long. You might as well roll with him <laughs> through it. But, I mean, I, I definitely I, – I like it when coaches stay around longer. I, I hate the, the the fire button. I'm shocked. I hate the blow-up button. I hate the fire the coach button. I think they're overreactions. You know who I'm shocked is still the coach of his team is Doc Rivers. I didn't think he was going to be coming back to the Clippers this Corey year. Corey said he's the uh, Jeff Fisher of the NBA. He is the – well uh, – He's better than that. Yeah. He's better than that. He's yeah. a good coach. But Doc Rivers I is a pretty good think, coach. I also think Jeff Fisher's a good coach. I just think he's – just how, know, shit, yeah, how yeah, shit rolls out. You know what I mean? You just don't Jeff know. Jeff Fisher is the king of mediocrity. Nah. God, I don't know. I, I, I just don't agree with that. I mean, he's had, he had tough situations. Try I mean, trying to root for a team coached by him. Hey, try try to try try feeling like in the offseason you got Sam Bradford as your quarterback and three years in a row you have some fucking Joe Blow come in because <laughs> Bradford can't play. I mean, it's like, dude, their number one pick was their quarterback, and he never played for him. So I never got to see what Fisher could do. And, and when it comes to guys like Fisher and Doc Rivers – these guys have such crazy respect amongst analysts and other head coaches. Oh, yeah. And it's like, yeah, us as fans, we see stuff, but we don't see everything. No. And it's like when these guys are in the room, I bet you they're the best minds in the room. Exactly. It's like when Jeff Fisher or Doc Rivers 
were to walk into a room of full of coaches, everyone will shut up and listen to what they're saying. Yeah, because they've been through that. They've been there. They've done that. They've had experience. They've had highs and lows, and they've fought, and they've coached good players, bad players. Um, yeah. Doc <laughs> Rivers, I, I'm, I'm glad that they went with him because I think they need some sort of identity with the team. You know what I mean? You can't just – I mean, I think blowing the team up and firing the coach is just like <laughs> – so what, you're just going to be a bottom three team next year? Move to Seattle, baby. Yeah. I, that's just I keep saying it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to ride that train until it happens. They, sh- they should, but it's just I don't, I'm not really a fan of moving teams in general. Yeah, well, you have a little bit more personal experience with that than I. Yeah, it's just not, it's just not a good move, you know. But uh, anyway, we, Tyler and I both have Golden State winning the finals in five. Yeah, but I'm excited to watch it. I yeah, mean, it's gonna and be, it's going to be great. I mean, the be- the best news is is obviously throughout the playoffs we've been doing episodes. There's no NBA Finals game the night we record the TSK show next yeah. week, so that'll be good that we will be able to catch I all also, of the action. I also think that uh, actually, you know what? Never mind. I'm no, gonna save that for later. Okay, I'm gonna save that for later. All right. Well, I hope you bring it back. <laughs> no, I will. I will for sure. <laughs> This episode or this episode, very okay. end. Yep, I got it. All right, twenty-eight fifty-three. Tyler will bring back his idea. Yep, I got it. <laughs> All right, so let's move now to the way too early power rankings presented by the Cut Barbershop. Yes. Tyler, you got ten teams that you think are the ten best teams on paper right now. Yeah, yeah, on paper, eyeballs. Just uh, I think these are the as far as like. Now, this was extremely hard for me to put together in the preseason because I had about – I think I had 21 teams make the playoffs. Like, 21 teams I think are are capable of making the playoffs. I was going to say, 21 teams in the playoffs. That's not possible. No, but I, that's – I and I, this is this is the last couple of years when I do this kind of stuff. Um, the NFL is just so – the NFL is just such a great league. I mean, there's just such few separation between teams that are – you know, really, really good, and teams that are on the bubble, and teams that are really bad. Yeah. I don't think there's a huge disparity in talent in the NFL. So it was it was really hard to put this list together. But ultimately, I think I got ten teams that I obviously I think all ten of these teams are going to be in the playoffs. But um, yeah, let's let's start out. Where you all where right. you want to start? You want to start at the top or the bottom? Uh, let's let's start at the bottom. Let's go ten to one. All right. Well, number ten. I'm gonna start it out nice and easy because I'm getting very defensive because of all the <laughs> bullshit that I hear every single day. People are but, just slandering them. Yeah. ESPN has them as the 16th um, in their first power rankings. They had Seattle Seahawks as the 16th. I got them at 10. Um, uh, I know why a lot of people are, uh, you know, dismissing the Seahawks this year. Um, I understand because of the names that are lost, a Jimmy Graham, a Michael Bennett, a Richard Sherman. You lose a lot of big names, you're going to question, you know, what's what's happening. Are they blowing it up? I don't think they're blowing it up. I think they're trying to sell, you know. I think they're just trying to reload. Yeah, they're, try, they're, they're, they're trying to reload it and, and like, they're, they were on such a verge of a dynasty. You know yeah. what I mean? They were so – and like I said just a moment ago about why I had so many teams – Seattle was a team that in week 16 was nine and seven, you know, two, two wins at the end of the year, they go to 11 and five. They just happen to lose them, go nine and seven and miss the playoffs. They were, uh, they were nine and, f- uh, nine and five, forgive me. Yeah. Nine and five. You know what I yeah. mean? That's pretty good. You know, they lost their last two games, go nine and seven, miss the playoffs, still a winning record, but they were two wins away from 11, 
wins for the year. Um, one of my big things is the guys that are still there are bigger names than the guys that left. And, the and they're three, more important pieces. The three most important pieces are all still there, and that's Russell Wilson, Bobby Wagner, Earl Thomas. Now, yes, okay, Earl's in the news, which is – it. It's like a, a two out of a ten when it comes to concerning because every single year Seattle has a guy that's holding out that, that we eventually pay. Cam did it. Yeah. KJ did it. Um, I think even Bruce Irvin did it. Uh, but we still have those three guys who I think is the most important. And, you know, even like a Cam Chancellor and a KJ Ryder still there. We have five players in the top 100 voted on by the peers. You know, so ESPN always does their top 100 NFL players of, right. the, of the season. Voted on by the peers, which I think is the the best way to get. Yeah, voted you know? on by the players that play against these guys. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. I think that's the best way to get a list. And we have five players on the top 100 now. I didn't look through the entire list, but there was only about three or four teams that had more than five. So it's like, as far as like top tier talent um, goes, we have it. And then you know, as far as like young talent goes, we've got. We've got linemen that have now been with us three, four, and five seasons where we're bringing that offensive line along. Um, we had we had young players as in Shaquille Griffin. Um, he's going to step up and be our, our number one corner. And then Frank Clark is our number one edge guy. They're going to progress. So uh, we still got Pete Carroll. Uh, yeah. So I just I still like the Seahawks odds. What did you think of the Brandon Marshall signing today? That was I mean that was good. I think that's just a win win for each each party. Just another weapon. Two million dollars uh, for Brandon Marshall to play another year. Obviously win for him. We get a chance to see if he can still play. We don't have to guarantee him anything. Yeah. I I have it about like eighty percent chance he makes the team. Ninety percent chance. I think he's basically going to make the team. But okay. He's not going to be a guy that gets us downfield. He's only going to have to play underneath the 20-yard line. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, um, Doug Baldwin's still going to be the guy on third down. Doug Baldwin's still going to be the three-down receiver. Paul Richardson, Tyler Lockett, they're going to be on the field, you know, 75% of the snap. So, I think Brandon Marshall is in a good position. We don't really use big guys like this. We had a, we had a tough time using Jimmy in the red zone. But it's always just nice to have a big – you know, big physical uh, pass-catching guy. And we lost our Jimmy Graham. We lost our Luke Wilson. You lost Paul Richardson, too. Oh, Paul Richardson, too? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. But Yeah, he yeah. went to Washington. I was like, when you said the name, I was like, wait, hold on a second. Yeah, he got paid. That's right. Yeah, um, he got paid But well. But Lockett, Doug Baldwin, these are the guys that are going to get us down the field. Russell Wilson, the running game. Yeah. Um, we've never really been great at using tight ends and big wide receivers, so – it's not like anything that's like I'm super stoked about, but also he's going to be a positive addition to the wide receiver core, another veteran too. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, I'm, I agree. Like I think the Seahawks will make the playoffs this year, and I mean the NFC West is just it's still the Rams and it's the Seahawks division. Yeah, and they're I've, stacked. I mean, uh, ESPN had um, the Niners at number ten in the NFL. Uh, it's, I think the 49ers are still a year away. They're, they they are definitely a team that I like was one of those teams where I consider them to be ready to make a playoff run, but I don't think they're gonna do it this year. Jimmy Garoppolo, I mean, he's a stud, but I don't know if he can play. They they lost Carlos Hyde. Yeah, you know, their number one receiver is Marquise Goodwin. Um, they have a great they have a good defense. I mean, DeForest Buckner is a stud. A stud. They got Richard Sherman. Um, but yeah, they got to play the Rams twice. They got to play the Seahawks twice. Uh, that's just that. That's a lot to order. Um, yeah, I don't think the Niners are gonna end up making it. Yeah. 
But moving on, uh, number nine, this is another team that ESPN had a lot lower than I did. They had this team at 18th, um, but I got the Oakland Raiders at number nine, uh, pretty high on them. I like David Derek Carr. Uh, <laughs> Not his brother. I like Derek Carr and Amari Cooper to make a huge bounce back season. I, I don't think that – I'm not worried about Amari in the slightest. There's a reason why Crabtree went bananas in the first half of the season last year is because everyone's keying on Amari, uh, Amari Cooper. Um, you know, they bring in another veteran running back in Doug Martin. So now Marshawn and Doug Martin are, are as good of a combo as any as far as veteran guys. They're not going to have to run the ball yeah. more than 20 times in a game. So – I think to get you're going to get production. John Gruden did this last time he was in Oakland, you know, signing a lot of uh, veteran guys, guys who are just trying to get a little bit of production out of at the end of the career. Similar to, like, you know, uh, they, they picked up Derek Johnson, who's like a 15-year veteran at, at inside linebacker, but that's a big pickup. They run a 3-4, so he, doesn't, he has another inside backer with him, doesn't have as much responsibility. And then on the outside edges, you know, Bruce Irvin and Cleo Mack are as good as anybody. Yeah also you know sign of Jordy Nelson it's just this team I think was put together really well I'm really excited to see John Gruden and you know last year in Oakland yeah I definitely think Oakland is gonna make a lot of noise this year that AFC the West is the West is on top this year the AFC and the NFC West are, are amazing are amazing divisions AFC West is like I can't pick who I think is going to come out of that division ultimately I ended up going with Oakland um, but I love the Carson Chargers. I think they did a lot of good things. Um, I'll also, you know, Denver's going to be back in the mix again. You never know what Denver's going to do. And then Kansas City could easily be, you know, they were number one on the power rankings forever last year. And yeah. It's like, you know, they're still they're, – they're going to start Patrick Mahomes this year at quarterback, who I'm huge on. I think he's going to be a stud in the NFL. So, you know, that division's going to be really competitive. But I like Oakland with their experience. And I, I think Derek Carr and Amari Cooper are going to bounce back to, to the echelon in which people think they're, like, one of the best combos in the NFL. Yeah. No, I, I definitely see Oakland make it, making some noise. Um, the next team is uh, – and this is, like I, – I feel like this is the last team you might want to call reach because, like, my 8, 9, and 10 teams were all ranked out of the top 15 in ESPN. Um, but I got the Houston Texans at number 8. Um, they were ranked 19th on ESPN. But, yeah, you got Deshaun coming off an injury. But Deshaun Watson, amazing player. I think he's going to come back just fine and be productive. Yeah, if he if he's healthy and just plays the same way he played last year, Houston's going to be a really good team. Yeah, they got – so, you know, they're, they're bringing back um, Hopkins, who, you know, Deshaun and Hopkins are going to run that offense. Um, and then, you know – Bill O'Brien's their coach. He's a great offensive mind. And then on the defensive side with J.J. Watt, Clowney, and the addition to Honey Badger. Yeah, they're at full strength. It might be the three best playmakers in the game. I mean, Honey Badger was hurt last year, and I'm huge on Honey Badger, so maybe I'll like him more than the next guy. But this is a guy that's been all pro at two different positions. You know, he's been all pro safety, all pro corner. Yeah. And he's only he's only like 27. And, you know, everybody knows what Watt and Clowney can do. Um that's just a da- that's a dangerous team, and it's like if Watson comes back to the form anywhere close to he was last year, they're going to be a problem. 
Yeah, I def I definitely have the Houston Texans coming out of the AFC South. Yeah, and and I loved and I loved Jacksonville last year. They were probably my favorite team, new team of the year last year. But I think Jacksonville is poised to miss the playoffs this year. I think people are going to figure them out. Just because, well, Bortles, <laughs> Bortles had a great year. Took a step backwards last year. Had another great year. So it's like he can easily take a step backwards. And if the the defense doesn't play out of their mind, you know, Leonard Fournette's coming off an injury. I like Leonard Fournette though. Um, they lost uh, either Allen Robinson or um, they lost one of their two Allen receivers. Oh, um. uh, but but so it's like you know their their offense was never the business. They picked up Fournette, so they had an identity. But if that defense doesn't play out of control, they're easily going to miss the playoffs. And that ultimately, that's I have Houston winning the AFC South as well, because I think the Colts are fucking they're in trouble. Yeah. Uh, unless Andrew Luck, unless Andrew Luck comes back to be Andrew Luck, they're in huge trouble. Um, and then the Titans, I don't think they made the playoffs last year. I don't know how, but there I, was a picture that surfaced today of Andrew Luck at the Indy 500 over the weekend. Yeah. In a tank top. He looking looks, soft. No, looking like the Rock. Yeah. Looking. That's good. Yeah. That's good. I love Andrew Luck. I think. I say all the time he's the best quarterback prospect I've ever seen coming to the NFL draft. So I'm definitely pulling for him to bounce back. But you know I'm not a fan of the Colts franchise because they've they've disrespected the backup quarterback position so much that they've basically tanked three seasons because of it. Here, here's the picture of Andrew Luck. Oh yeah, yep, yeah, dude, the guy's a fucking beast. I yeah, mean, he's he, looking real good. He's an athlete. He's not. He's not just a. He's not just a quarterback. He's not like a. He's not like a Brady, you know, where his athleticism is limited. The dude can play. But moving on, top seven, you know, my top seven is a lot more, I feel like, I don't want to say legit, but my top seven matched up with ESPN pretty well. Um, and I think these are kind of all the teams that there's not really – there's not really an opinion swaying either way. I think most people have these teams as good NFL teams. Starting off with the Green Bay Packers. Uh, one of my one of my favorite teams in the league. Um, ESPN had them at seventh. I had them at seventh. Um, bring back, you know, Rodgers, who is the LeBron of the NFL. I think, I think he's I think, a one man team. I think Aaron Rodgers is coming back for vengeance this year, and it Every he's going to light the Aaron Rodgers might have up. the Aaron Rodgers might have the the best chip on the shoulder attitude of any pro athlete I've ever seen. I mean, it's just he's amazing. I can't say enough about the guy. They added Jimmy Graham. They walked away from Jordy Nelson, which I think was smart, just to kind of put that in the rearview mirror. With you know, they got Devontae Adams and these guys. Cobb's still there. Ty uh, Montgomery. Ty Montgomery, and then you know Clay Matthews is still on the defensive side. Mike McCarthy still calling plays. Um, Green Bay is just one of those franchises that you know they might not have a ton of huge names, but I trust what they're doing. I know they're a good team, um, and Green Bay is going to be there to challenge Minnesota. And uh, moving on to number six, I got Minnesota. I, I flip-flopped six and seven a couple different times, Minnesota, Green Bay, Minnesota, Green Bay, because on, pa on paper, Minnesota is the better team. But in my heart, like, I know Rodgers can do it to anybody. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, if, if it's one game and Green Bay and Minnesota are playing, I like Green Bay. Um, you know, if I've got to pick a division winner, I like Green Bay. But at the same time, when I look at these teams on paper – Minnesota has the better roster as far as like offense, defense, playmakers, in interior guys, 
all all this. Um, yeah, when you add it all up, the the sum. Yeah, so is so number six, I got Minnesota Vikings. Uh, ESPN has them at fifth. You just um, couldn't put them in your top five, though, huh? No, but I mean, I, don't, I mean, yeah, I guess ESPN has them at five, but I got them positioned off of ESPN. I, the Minnesota hate's done. I'm not hate on Minnesota this year. Um, I don't, I don't think they're gonna like win the Super Bowl or anything, but I'm not, I'm not hating on them. I don't think, I think they got a shot at making the playoffs. Um, obviously, is the number six team in the NFL, but, but the things that do, I mean, just because you're gonna bring up the hatred, the things that do concern me: Dalvin Cook coming off an injury. Yep. Kirk Cousins never played for the team. You know, Thielen had a career year. Does he go forward? Does he go backwards? But it, but it was more when Thielen had to step up because Stefan Diggs had an injury. Yeah, yeah. No, and I mean, Diggs and Thielen can both play, but I'm not like – I don't think these guys are like world stoppers. I don't think they're – We're not talking about Julio Jones and Antonio Brown over here. No, no, and, and they can play, but I don't think that they're the – I don't think they're the reason – I think they're a product of the Vikings being good, not vice versa. I don't think the Vikings are good because of Thielen and Diggs. I Agreed. Think vice versa um Kendricks and Barr a linebacker always say probably the two most athletic linebacker linebacker duos in the NFL Harrison Smith and the and Xavier Rhodes back there on the secondary Everson Griffin and those guys up front unbelievable defense they just need Cousins it just has to be regular Cousins Cook has to come back at 80 percent even and and they're going to make the playoffs um, so now moving into my top five, um, I'm going to start out with the OGs. The guys have been doing it. The Triple Bs. Shout out Triple Bs. Pittsburgh, Mike Tomlin, Ben Bell and Brown, um, you know, made room for Juju Smith-Schuster by getting rid of, uh, um, Bryant, who was another Raider pickup. Yep. Um, so, you know, I think Juju and Bell on the bra- on the outside is is crazy. They can put Bell wherever they want to. They also, I think, you know, moving – I don't know if James Harrison, what his status is right now, but for the most part, I feel like – I think J- he's retired. For the most part, I think now T.J. Watt's a full-time player. And I oh, think for he's sure. a stud. So, um, I think that's a good move. And like Green Bay, it's not – like outside of the, the – the triple B's, you know, they're big name players. It's not like they have a ton of guys that like everybody knows. Right. Um, but the Pittsburgh Steelers are the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, who these guys are just like yeah, Green Bay. They've been there before. They're top of the class of the NFL. They're top of the class. They got a top five quarterback. Um, so yeah, I like Pittsburgh. Uh, ESPN had them as the third best team. So wow. I actually have wow. them as the fifth, so a little back of, uh, ESPN, but Pittsburgh, ESPN, uh, yeah, big I mean, ben. unfortunately, Pittsburgh's just in New England's division. It's kind of like a Toronto-Cleveland scenario. It's not like I don't think I don't think that Pittsburgh's team is worse than New England's, but there's yeah. just when they line up against each other, there's something. There's yeah. something there. Yeah, you know what I mean, that's a, that's an interesting comparison. Even even though like Pittsburgh, well, had because it. Pittsburgh's won, that's why yeah. they're not the Raptors. You yeah, know what I mean, they're not the Raptors because they're the Pittsburgh Steelers. They got six Super Bowl rings and some wild Tom Brady's been around. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, uh, two. But uh, but yeah, I just think that they have a they have a little brother mentality when it comes, to, and that's Definitely. where that's the that's the similarity. I mean, for the I'd say probably for the past five years. We've expected the Pittsburgh Steelers and the New England Patriots to meet in the AFC Championship game. Well, it's brains versus bronze. I mean, the Steelers are, the, we're going to punch you in the mouth. And yeah. New England's like, you're stupid for throwing a punch. Like, <laughs> we're going to walk around you and we're going to do this. You yeah. know, like, that's, that's, how, that's how they play well, it out. Well, it's... 
the two longest tenured coaches in the NFL, uh, Mike Tomlin and Bill Belichick. No one's been with their teams longer. Uh, so, you know, you have an identity there. You know, Ben's been there since 2004. Brady's been there since 99. It's, it's, it's classic stuff. So, yeah, Pittsburgh's still a top five team, still the number two team in the AFC. Uh, but, yeah, moving on. I'm going to move up to number four. I have this team rated a little higher than ESPN did. ESPN had them at eight. I have them at four, and Atlanta Falcons. My big thing for Atlanta Falcons is two things. Um, Steve Sarkeesian, who we talked about with the offenses. I'm a big I, – I, I love how you put your faith in a drunk. Hey, why not? <laughs> why not? Some of the best shit in the world has been made by drunks. And it's just like, dude, the guy knows football. You're trying to tell me the guy doesn't know football. The guy knows football. The guy is a mastermind. He's a mastermind. It, it, like literally one of the best offensive brains in the world, I think. And then they also added, um, I, I, I want to say Stephen Ridley, but it's Calvin Ridley. It's Calvin Ridley. <laughs> uh, they added Calvin Ridley to the draft, which, yes, it's a, it's a wide receiver in a position where they had Julio, you know, arguably the best receiver in the game. They got a guy named Mohamed Sanu, who's also a stud veteran player. Yeah. They got a tight end like Austin Hooper. But what I like, why, why I think that, you know, the addition of Sark and Calvin is that that offense has already been so dominant. I remember when they had Roddy and Julio and how dominant it is. I think Calvin and Julio are going to be Roddy and Julio. Um, they Just have role reversal. Role reversal. They have they have three big bodied outside receiving, good running wide receivers, two great running backs and Tevin Coleman, Devontae Freeman. Matty Ice is the highest paid player in the league. Um, if they get any any production from the defense with, you know, Dan Quinn and Vic Beasley and, and, uh, the, and, those, guys, McKinley. and those guys, it's like, and Dan Quinn, master, the, the architect of Seattle's defense yep. um, all those years. I think that that's enough on defense for just to hold for their offense to do what they need to do. This offense, I think, this offense is poised, I think, to have the year the Rams had last year um, and the Falcons of old. Um, but moving on to number three, number three, I got the LA Rams. I'm fine. I'm fine with you having them at three. ESPN has them at four. You know, but I mean, I, they put Pittsburgh and Philadelphia over Los Angeles, but I think that's just because of past success. Yeah, I think yeah. LA on paper is as good as anybody. I, th I mean, they may have the best roster. I think for your, I, I think for your last power rankings going into the last week of the season, you will have the LA Rams as the number one team. Yeah, they have they have all the names. They got all all that. They just you know they got to keep doing it. Um, my number one thing to watch for this year, um, outside of like the free agents playing good, you know, Akeem and and, Dominican and and Marcus, Marcus Peters. Peters and those guys, is Goff cannot take a half step backwards. No, you know, not even mean? a quarter step he backwards. Can't, he can't take. He really, I mean, he almost can't even stand still, but. Goff has to keep progressing, and he has to keep being um, Goff because if he isn't, this team could just fall apart. I mean, yep. yes, Todd Gurley can carry the offense, and I think Todd Gurley is the offense. He's the identity. He's why the passing game works. He's what they start out the game with, and he's a top three running back in the NFL. But they have to have Goff um, because big names on defense all over the place, it doesn't necessarily you know, mean anything if you, you got to punt. Three and yeah. out, you know what I mean? It just doesn't 
it doesn't matter. The, if the defense is on the field more than the offense, it's not good. Yeah, it doesn't matter how. It doesn't matter if you got Aaron Darnold, Indomitian Sue, yeah. Keep to leave Marcus Peters. You have to. You have to keep the offense on the field. Luckily, they have Gurley, so I think they will. And I don't think Goff's going to take a step back. But that's what I'm watching for this season. Yeah, no, definitely. Is, Those, is definitely. Jared, Jared Goff is under the microscope. I'm not worried the, about the same way else. he's been his entire career because he's because of the way the Rams traded for the pick and drafted him over well, Carson Wentz. And, and I also I give the Rams all the credit in the world for how they've handled Goff because they've handled him exactly from day one how I would have handled him. Yeah. Is I wouldn't have let him start the first year, and no. I think that was so smart um, because the kid couldn't take a snap under center. He couldn't he couldn't organize a huddle. Coming into the NFL. Yeah. So it's like you can't throw him out there game one. He, he sat almost the entire first year, so he got all of that experience. Second year was completely given the reins. He knew the offense for two years, you know, so they probably opened up. They have more packages for him. So, you know, I think they've done everything they need to do to bring this kid along. And you can, you know, judging by the success, you can see it works. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, I'm excited to watch the Rams this year. It's, it's awesome that, you know, they're, they're in L.A. too. Um, coming in, the one and the two, eh, you know, nothing very interesting here. I got the same one, two as uh, ESPN, but number two, I got the Philadelphia Eagles, the the underdogs. Um, honestly, putting them at top two is really hard for me. I, I honestly don't even think they're the number two team. Really? Yeah, I mean, I get just because Wentz is coming back, that's why I still give them the respect because I think Wentz is like the guy that puts them up there. But it's like, you know, they, ha- they have some big names. Uh, Ajayi, Alshon, um, Zachary, it's all guys have dominated this league. Lane Johnson. Um, Michael Bennett. My, you know, they picked up Michael Bennett on defense. Fletcher Cox. They got, they, it, well, and their defense is full of, like, veteran names. I don't, yeah. They don't really have any young guys on defense. But they're, they're just a team that's it's been hard for me to, to watch them do this run this last year just because – I, I just don't know what their game is. I don't know what their identity is. They're, you know, when you talk about this Eagles Super Bowl team, who are you going to name? You know, it's not like, oh, it was Chris Long and the Eagles won this Super Bowl or it was Jay Jai and the, the Eagles. They're you definitely know. not going to say it was Nick Foles. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, I think the guy that they would have said it was Wentz and the Eagles won yeah. that year. But, no, it's – Wentz it, didn't. This, is the mo- this, is, this was the most team-oriented um, championship I've ever seen in the NFL as far as there are no big names, no big personalities, no big guys that are t- – there's no guy that's outshining the Eagles organization. It's, all, it's, all, it's The all- Eagles organization is – what it is it's the eagles you, you know, know what it is it's it's like when the pistons beat the lakers yeah in and that that's the that's the easy comparison that i i was gonna say it's a very team-oriented game yeah i think i honestly think though yeah, yeah i mean but hey they went to the finals that next year yeah no it's it's uh yeah it's a weird team it's it they're a really good football team like when i watch them play they're really good they do everything right yeah. Um, I just don't know what it is exactly that they're doing that's so good, <laughs> and it's very frustrating. But it's fun to watch, too. Doug I mean, Marone, I, man. I, he just gets it done. Yeah, I love I love an, uh, Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson, excuse yeah. me. Doug Marone's the head coach of the uh, Jaguars. Yeah, nah. Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson. Doug he's, Peterson. He's the, the Seattle native. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I got Philadelphia, too, trying to give them the respect. I, they got, you know, they've got the running game, passing game, and defense down. So, no reason not to put them up there. And then – Number one, old song and dance. I had him as God damn it. 
I had, I had them as it. the number Don't one team it. in the NFL. 13 out of 17 weeks last year. Bill Belichick and the boys <sighs> up north. You said it. You said it. I told Bill, you not to say it. Bill Belichick still calling plays on defense. Josh McDaniels is still calling plays on offense. Gronk's in. Brady's in. I don't Edelman's have, in. Edelman, yeah, and it's like. All right, here's here's my gripe. I just there's no I still just don't see you know they lost the Super Bowl <laughs> they didn't lo- gain anybody they lo- I, they lost more pieces than they gained and I still just think they're the best team in the NFL it's just too hard to it's too hard to vote against them because in a in a single game scenario this isn't the NBA it's not a seven game series it's nope. not it's not like when I say Cleveland's not that great but can you beat LeBron in a seven game series that's not what it is it's one game yep and when it comes to one game and if you got one week to prepare for one opponent. I got Belichick and Brady. This is what I got. Uh, my only gripe of having Philly 2 and New England 1 is Philly beat New England. And, I mean. But if you're given 100 chances to bet on a New England-Philadelphia game. I'm taking New England 99 times. Exactly. That's just that's just how it is. And, and like I said, that's probably why I gave Philadelphia number two is because they did dethrone the dudes that I didn't think could be dethroned. Yeah. Um, I mean, my, my biggest thing with the Patriots for this season is very similarly to what's going to happen with the San Antonio Spurs is the organizational culture – has never been this fragile ha- has never been this fragile and yeah. the mask has never been taken off yeah no very it's very weird for our generation to see you know the Kawhi. i mean the, the popovich the bilicek the gronk all this belichick kinda... and brady i mean brady hasn't been at otas he was at, belichick was asked a question and belichick is like we're not going to talk about anybody who's not here i don't buy into the whole ota mini camp I don't. I just don't. Until training camp starts. Yeah, I just don't buy into it because the the. But here's the thing: my, Brady's never missed an OTA before. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I mean, I, it, okay. So it, my background on this is that I had a buddy that played for the Jets for four seasons. He was a backup guy. He wasn't like a starter or anything, but he was. He played. He, he made got. The roster. He got. A, he got a check signed by the NFL. Yeah, yeah, for four years, right? And so he, and what he would tell me was, when it comes to stuff like that, it's the organization almost, you know, and there are rare occurrences but the nfl always knows what's going on the team always knows i mean they would call him four times a day on his off days just to check in and he was a backup center oh man you know that's how this organizers go you know uh, the giants know obj is not going to be there the pats know brady's not going to be there the the pats knew that brady was in monaco last week for that race i'm sure they did absolutely i don't crazy that's crazy i don't think there's any way in hell brady's doing shit in the in the new england patriots i mean we know what he's doing Fair. You know they Fair. they have, they have a cell phone number. They know his they they know his people. They know where he lives. It's well, they like, definitely have a cell phone number because he wouldn't give it up for Deflate Gate. Yeah, no, it's just, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, the OTA thing. Not not a big fan of over. I think that's just uh, you know a media because, hype. Well, just because of the moment, you need something to talk about. It's what's going on right now, so you need something to talk about. But okay, it's nothing. It's nothing that it causes any concern for me. Okay, there it is. Yeah, way so. too early power rankings by yeah. the cut barbershop. All right. So, one New England Patriots, two Philadelphia Eagles, three Los Angeles Rams, four Atlanta Falcons, five Pittsburgh Steelers, six Minnesota Vikings, seven Green Bay Packers, eight Houston Texans, nine Oakland Raiders, 10 Seattle Seahawks. Real quick, hold on. My buddy my buddy's calling me and I'm about to 
put them on blast real quick. Yeah, the only team that was Yo. in the top ten I didn't have yeah, was New Orleans. I'm just recording the podcast. You live right now. Uh, what up? Live, baby. <laughs> oh yeah, this this is my boy Ethan. What up, E? What up? Am I on? Oh yeah, you on? What what do you got to say to the people? I gotta say that I you know what I got a lot to say. <laughs> I gotta say that the Warriors almost lost it for themselves, and the Celtics beat themselves. Man, the Cavs got lucky, so good for them. That's a that's a that's a common yeah opinion. no it's a that's a common opinion Ethan. Um, you know what I think uh, you know I think I think Kobe should come out of retirement because I, I miss him a lot. And, and <laughs> Kobe, uh, I miss you, man. He, hey, Kobe, you see, if you're listening, did, come, come, he, come out of retirement because we miss you. Yeah, uh, do you see Kobe's coming out with a new book? I saw that, and I also want to shout out my dude Kobe one more time because I just bought the book that he suggested when he was talking to a college football team called like Seagull Livingston something. Well, you got to get the name right <laughs> if you're going to plug it, E. Okay, hold on. Let me plug it. Let me – hold on. Hold on, Cobes. I know you're you're there for me. Anyway, no, and his uh, new book is Forward and in Introduction by Phil Jackson, Livingston right? Livingston yeah. Siegel, and it's about – the book is called Jonathan Livingston Siegel, and it is about – it was when Kobe talked to the Chargers, and he, and it's about a seagull who goes and kind of finds his way and teaches, you know, like about like flight and kind of self-worth and determination, things like Kobe that. Kobe be on some weird shit sometimes. <laughs> so, so you're telling me you bought a book about a seagull <laughs> who goes on an adventure. It sounds... I'm, it, it sound- I'm telling you this. If Kobe tells me to read a book, I'm reading that fucking book. <laughs> hey, well, there it is. There preach. it is. Are you going right. to bleep that out? Am I live? Oh, no. We're not going to bleep that out. We, we can cut. We got the explicit Mom. rating. Mom, I'm live, <laughs> <laughs> I made I'm it. Ready. Mama made it. <laughs> All right, E. Let me hit you up later. All right, bye. Oh man. All right. So, what were you saying before? Oh, I was just saying like what as far as like the ESPN power rankings, you know, cuz I kind of just I, I looked at theirs after the fact of mine. The only team that they, um they had in the top 10 that I didn't uh or in the top 7 that I didn't was New Orleans. I they had New Orleans at 6. I had dropped them out of the top 10. Um and then they also had the Niners in the top 10, which what I what I was gonna say as far as your top seven, I think maybe the only other team that could have an argument to be in even the top ten would be New Orleans. Yeah, there was. I mean, there was a bunch of teams: New Orleans, Carolina. There, there. You know, like I said, I I I started the list with any team that I thought had a potential to make the playoffs, and I think it was after the first round, twenty-one teams. It was like. All right, gotta chop this down a little bit. And, yeah, you know there was New Orleans. Is I'm a huge New Orleans fan, but yeah, just with Mark Ingram being out a little bit, uh, it's all gonna be on Camara. They still don't have any defense. It's I love the Saints, but it, it's it's not looking as good preseason wise. Yeah, let's uh, see. Let's see what they really can do when yeah. when the lights come on. For sure. But all right, um, so you got you got questions for me, right? Yep, I got the I got the two minute drill locked and loaded. All right, so uh, Ty, Tyler's gonna handle the two minute drill this week. Yeah, let's let's see what let's see what he's got for me. Uh, yeah, I got I got some good stuff, um, and I got two, I got five questions. Got two football and three basketball. So since right. we're in football mode, I'm just gonna start out with football mode. Perfect. Let me get the timer. We're gonna we're gonna keep this to we're gonna keep this to two minutes this time. That's the calculator. I know the difference. <laughs> <laughs> I know they both got numbers on them, so. That, that's very true. A uh, timer and a calculator both have numbers on them. Okay, so first question. 
Who's gonna have Who's gonna have the better rookie year in the Big Apple, a, a place that knows football and is very tough on their players? Is it gonna be Sam Darnold or Saquon Barkley for the Jets or for the Giants? <laughs> so, so Sam Darnold for the Jets and Saquon Barkley for the Giants. Who's gonna have the better rookie year in New York City this season? One season, not I, not not a career, not one season. I got it. I I gotta go with Saquon Barkley. Yeah. Not only not only because Sam Darnold is a Trojan and I hate the I hate the USC Trojans, but based off of the organizations that they're both in, Barkley's in a much better position. Bar- even though New York only won what two games last year. Yeah, New New York only won two games last year, but they had the whole debacle with Eli Manning. I think OBJ. he's uh, yeah. And OBJ got hurt. I think that team is in a much better position to win. Mm-hmm. games yep. than the Jets. And also, the Jets are an organization who is known for dysfunction, especially at quarterback. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's been a struggle for them to find their guy as far as longevity. They've had little bright spots here and there. but I mean, who was, like their long- la- who was their last bright spot? Chad Pennington? Oh, I mean, first of all, Pennington played well for them. I, I, I that's what I'm saying. That's what but, I'm saying. It's like Mark Sanchez went to two straight AFC Championship games. But he also had the butt fumble. That's fine. That's one play. <laughs> it's not a big deal. Um, the okay. So and and I think a lot of people have the opinion you have now. My thing is with Sam Darnold, huge responsibility. Yes. Quarterback day one, New York Jets, huge responsibility. That's why I think he could have the better rookie season because I think Darnold is going to have to do a lot for them to even be competitive. And, and you know, they, they, they had some weird bright spots last year. I yeah. remember, like, yeah, they with did. McCown and Curse and these guys, he just, like, I don't know how they're doing it. It's so just a ragtag bunch. It's a ragtag bunch, and it's a ragtag city, and it's a ragtag little brother franchise. Yeah. So, um yeah, it could it could be good. I I think Darnold's got a shot at it. Hey, all right, we we did good. We kept it in two minutes yep. this time. Okay, so uh, the second second question stated in the NFL, who who has the best chance at playing next season? Where where could they play? And, and I'm gonna I'm gonna put out three names for you. Okay. I got. Uh, will we see Des Bryant? Will we see Adrian Peterson? Or will we see Colin Kaepernick season? Who has the best chance of playing? We're not seeing Colin Kaepernick. So he has the worst chance. He of has playing. the worst chance. Okay. Um, I think the only way that Colin Kaepernick plays is if it is true that these players are gonna sit out games. Yeah, I don't, I, th- I don't think they're. Gonna and really I don't think that. any. I, I don't think anybody's missing out on a game check for somebody else. No. Nope. Um. The other names were Adrian Peterson and Des Bryant. Yep. I think I think Adrian Peterson has the best chance to play. That's funny. I think he has the worst chance of playing just because of his position. See, I think that's why he does. I, that's yeah. why I think he has the best. I, I think it's it's just tough at AP at his age. I hope he gets picked up, but ultimately I think like my quite I think Des has the best chance of playing next season. I think nobody wants to pay Des. That's the problem. I think Adrian Peterson has come to the to the realization after the season he had last year that he's not the same player he used to be. Yeah, I think he, he could play though. I it's too bad what happened. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And it's too bad that he played for the Cardinals, you know. I, I think they gave him a better opportunity, but I still don't think that's the right opportunity. Right. He but needs I, to go somewhere where there's another running back in a solidified run game. I mean God, you pat you you pair up AP with you know Ezekiel Elliott or, think or about, Le'Veon Bell. Think about AP in Tennessee with Derrick Henry. Yeah, and and what where'd Demarco go? 
I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Know. So this, you know what I mean? Like, if you pa- if you pair Adrian Peterson with the right guy, it could be just game over. Well, or th- or think about an offense that has two established running backs like Tennessee, like Atlanta. Somebody gets an injury. Yeah. Well, that's what happened last year. Yeah. Yeah. David Johnson went down, so he got picked up. But yeah, it's it's tough. Adrian Peterson has. Of all these three players, I think Dez has the biggest window of teams that they will give. They well, I think also Dez. Is, I think also Dez is the youngest. Yeah. Oh yeah, by far. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, not by far. I think Kaepernick's not. I don't think he's really that old. I think. He no, I, I think Kaepernick. Can, yeah. I don't think he's thirty. Yet. Adrian Peterson is clearly the oldest. oldest for sure. All right, well, that's two minutes. Now we're gonna get into the good stuff. The NBA. The round ball. The first one, this this question, we'll see. I think it's a two-minute question. Um, can can Carmel Anthony still be effective in the NBA, and where does he fit in best? I want I want to say he can. Yeah. Because the the league is turning into, like I I want to say he can because I feel like he can just spot up at the three-point line yeah. and just shoot. Yeah. But it's like he doesn't bring anything on the defensive end anymore. So he right. can't be he can't be a three and D guy at the end of his career. No, no, he has never been a yeah three and D guy. So I I want to say yes because of the talent level that Carmelo Anthony has and the respect that I have for his game. But I don't know. This is very similar. So this this right now in Melo's career reminds me of the last um, the last year of uh, of Allen Iverson's career. When he was with the Pistons, it was it wasn't really like the right fit, you know. Yeah. Just like him and OKC, like yeah, they they did their thing a little bit, but it's like this guy that was averaging twenty six two years ago just all of a sudden like hit the hit the wall, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, it was tough to swallow seeing like Iverson out there for the Pistons and the Grizzlies. He didn't want to come off the bench. Melo's not coming off the bench. No way Melo's coming guys, off the these bench. These guys are alpha dogs. Um, Melo's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and I think Melo can definitely still be effective. He just has to play. Like you said, he's got to play power forward. He's probably going to end up having to come off the bench, which I don't think he wants to do. So it's really sad, but we could see a Melo like Peter out, which is just unbelievable to, yeah, to he, think I mean, of a player of his caliber. Uh, but it's he, sad. But – Here's the thing. He's also not going to miss out on the opportunity of over twenty million dollars for next season. Yeah, but but has, what is but what does OKC do with him? Yeah, it's just I don't think he's worth twenty million dollars. Obviously, he's not no. going to say no to that. But no, he's not worth that, that he's, anymore. He's not worth that anymore. So, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see where Melo lands. I just think he's another piece where you're just going to want to throw him into like a good team. And, yeah, and think he's Melo still. Um. Next next question. Um, never mind. I'm gonna end on this one. Next question: Who's the mo- who's the most likely? I'm gonna I'm gonna give you four names. Who's the most likely to take a step backwards? Okay. Next season in the NBA. Okay. And I'll kind of explain to you why I think there's even a possibility that this could even happen. Giannis, okay. um, he's had unreal progression this so far in his career. Can he? Does he? Does he ever take a step back? Do people figure out his game uh, for whatever reason? Does the progression does he, stop? Does the progression stop? Does it go backwards? Whatever. Uh, Joel Embiid, he didn't play back-to-backs this year. First full season. Um, had a monster season. Second team All-NBA. Talent is unlimited. But 
Seven two and can shoot the three. He's missed a bunch of games. He's he's injury prone. He's injury prone. He hasn't played back to backs yet. Um, Joel Embiid, Kristaps uh, Porzingis was injured last year. He was one of those guys with Giannis that he, we were saying could possibly be an MVP someday. He one might not best, play till February, one March. Best, okay, so Porzingis coming off an injury, um, does he take a step backwards in his progression? And then Victor Oladipo. Um, coming off a most improved player of the year award he's gonna have more you know he's got a lot of responsibility can he keep you know 23 points a game up so out of the, out of those four names Giannis Embiid Porzingis Oladipo who do you got taking a step I, who, who's the most likely to take a step backwards I don't think I don't necessarily think one of these guys will but. I'm just gonna start off by saying when you first said the question who do you think is gonna take a step backwards the first name out of your mouth, I was not expecting Giannis. Yeah. I thought you were going to go with like four rookies. Yeah, no. I was not expecting this caliber of No, these are, these are guys that I think are on the brink of, you know, greatness. Oh, no, they're, the, they're, they're either – they're at a crossroads. They're going one or two ways, you know. It, I don't – Okay, well, if you put it – Giannis, Giannis could probably afford to take a step backwards and still be all right, but the rest of these guys, I don't know if they can take a step backwards. If you, if you put it in that perspective of – you think these guys are at a fork in their fork in the road in their career where it's I can either be an all-time great or I can just be a guy who played in the NBA. A good player, yeah. I think that would be Victor Oladipo. He has the biggest shot of taking a step backwards. Yeah, because if you're He's looking He's also the only one under 6'11". Exactly. Because because if you look at it from the perspective of I'm at a fork in the road in my career in the NBA, I could either be a guy that played in the NBA or I can be an all-time great. I think Giannis, Joel Embiid, and Kristaps Porzingis have more of a chance of being all-time great players in the league than Victor Oladipo. But in a context of just one season, in the you, context, you still, of, you still think Oladipo is the guy that's of all these guys the most likely to take a step backwards next season? Next season, no, because I mean, which I mean, that's not the, you know, the, he's got a, he's got a lot to live up to. If if that if that's the case. I'd say Kristaps Porzingis because the best off an injury, the best ability is availability, yep. and if he's not there until February March, he's not going to be able to play as much NBA basketball. That's why I actually I like Oladipo in this list of not going backwards because I think Embiid and Porzingis have these like red the, flags, yeah, of injury for guys that are seven one and seven two respectively. So yeah. It's something to think about. You never no, know. You know, I, stars I mean, aren't always stars. They take step backwards sometimes. Hundred percent. These guys have been taking steps forward the last couple years. Hundred percent. Last last question. This was the one that earlier in the show I I, I stopped from at saying. Twenty eight fifty three. Tyler said he was going to was come bring, back to his idea at I was an hour thirteen fifty four. He's well, come back I thought, to it. I, it's yeah. Well, I thought we would go over this. Um, Earlier, earlier, but we didn't. So I wanted to save it. Okay. Um, but I kind of want an over. I want an over under. Okay. Over under. How many games does Cleveland need to win in this NBA Finals for LeBron to stay in Cleveland? They need to win the title. I think this is one of the best. I think this is one of the best topics out there right now. They need because to- I don't think LeBron knows, and I don't think he's thought about it until he reflects on the season once it's over. I th- I think the only so four uh, yeah would be four your four I think they need to win the title four for him to stay in Cleveland. Do I think he should stay in Cleveland? Yes. So so Cleveland wins. 
Cleveland wins the title, he's for sure staying. Yes. He's not going to jump ship. No. I don't I don't think he I don't think he could leave. Cleveland wins Cleveland goes to seven games and loses game seven. Oh, he's gone. Okay. He's gone. All right. So so it's a, it's a hard four. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's 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 an interesting it's an interesting uh it's an interesting question to me. I I honestly I think if LeBron makes it to game 6, which means two. Yeah. I think that he has a shot at coming back. So if he makes it to game 6 in Cleveland, Mm-hmm. I think he has a shot at coming back. I, um, I, I think mean, I think if they get swept or they lose in five, I don't think he's coming back because I don't think you can come uh, just because you were losing, just that much closer. Losing two years in a row in five games, it's like it's it's like obviously these guys are going to be there, obviously you're going to be there, but you're not making any headway. So I think you got to change something. And again, I it's hard for me to even want to like predict what LeBron's going to do because no one knows what LeBron's going to do. He doesn't know what he's going to do. Yeah, he has no but idea. I think what it's he's a good question do. because I think this series ultimately is like all Cleveland has in, in bringing LeBron back. These are, I mean, LeBron's got two games left in Cleveland in his career. Yeah, which is yeah crazy. You know, it's yeah, it, it's, it's so if you're, weird to, it's weird to think of this happening again. If you're listening to this, it's like in, making a murderer. Yeah, the guy got the guy got. Like, That's literally what it is. The guy got framed for murder once, got off, and then they did it again. Like, <laughs> nah, man. Oh God, I hope I, I I honestly hope he stays in Cleveland. I hope he stays in Cleveland too, just because I think that's the right thing to do. But that the right thing to do. That's for I mean, hey, really my my favorite player of all time played for the same team for twenty years. Yeah, Duncan did it. You know, Dirk's done Dirk's it. doing it. Yeah, it's it's respectable trait, and you know. Miami were the darkest days of LeBron's, like, oh. of his story. But, you know, he came back to Cleveland. So I just I, I love, hope he doesn't do it again, but he may. I love how he refers to Miami as college for him. It's just so funny to me. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. He went out there. He partied <laughs> with his buddy. He he blew it. I mean, I'll forever say I don't think he knew what he wanted to do. And I think once he did it, he just kind of had to yeah, he made roll it. with what he, his decision. I don't think – I think he felt bad about it. He made his bed and he had to sleep in it. Yeah, yeah. I, D. Wade says it all the time. He, it's like it was the right thing for him to go back, just like LeBron says it's the right thing for D. Wade to go back. Yeah. So, so all right. That was, that was a good one. It was a good two-minute drill. Yeah. So, all right, you got you got a shout out yeah, before we get I out got, of here. I got a couple things I want to say real quick. First of all, not a shout out, but it's it's more of just like I want to let people know of uh, an experience to be had. Um, not a lot of people know what a, a box breaking is. Um, to to fill you in a little bit, it's something online. It's kind of between a, a box opening and a raffle. Um, my buddy is my buddy started this thing um, on YouTube and eBay. Uh, where you buy in a ticket for a raffle ticket for $5, um, and he's giving away autographed memorabilia, uh, football, baseball, basketball jerseys, football, baseballs, you know, basketballs, signed, um, certificate of authenticity, the whole joint. Sports memorabilia. Good stuff, too. I mean, certificate of authenticity is, like, a big thing. Yeah, for sure. You know, so it's, like, it's a good thing. Um, So so just so people know how it works, a box break, I'm just going to use the NFL jerseys as an example. There's um, there's 32 teams in NFL. Uh, he doesn't know what jersey he has in this sealed box. He it's a mystery it. box. It's a mystery box. He gets it from a memorabilia um, retailer, um, but he knows it's you know an NFL jersey. And so what you do is there's 32 t- there's 32 tickets to be bought in a box, one for each team. So you buy five. So say in his last one, I bought five tickets. I got five teams randomly. 
So so the, uh, his his was full. His was full. Thirty two. Yeah. So you, yeah, all thirty two teams. Um, I had five of the thirty two teams. Um, and then what he does is he and so you buy the tickets on eBay. And then what he does is on YouTube, he has a live stream of him opening the box, the sealed box. And then whoever and he sh- and he shows you the list of what people got, what teams. And if the box is open and say I drew the Seahawks and that he opens up a Russell Wilson autographed jersey, I won the jersey for five dollars. Um, so I that's think it, awesome. I think it's a really cool thing that he's doing. It's it's really cheap. Um, his first one that he did for the NFL jerseys, a, a, a woman won and she had only bought one ticket. So I think that's I mean that kind of shows you that you you don't have to buy you don't have to buy multiple tickets. You can buy one ticket at five bucks and have a shot to win. You yeah, know, it's, it's and, a one and, out of thirty-two chance. An autographed jersey, and I, you know, and so I thought that was pretty cool. So go check him out. Um, his name is Josh Neely. If you want to check him out on eBay, his name is Cascade Sports um, on eBay again, and then on his in his YouTube channel, check him out. That that way you can watch some of the breaks, kind of understand what's going on. Um, his U, his YouTube channel is called CS and Sign, which is what the Amber Sign. Is that what it is? The at, the at sign? No, the and. Like a, oh, the and sign? Is that an amber sign? I don't know what it is. But CS and M breaks. Got it. Um, on YouTube. CS and M breaks. So, yeah. Good. Uh, if you're interested in some jerseys, which I love jerseys, so obviously Tyler's I'm interested. the biggest jersey guy I know. Yeah. It, and it's like you got chances from, like, you know, Tom Brady, Roger Staubach, um, you know, Marcus. I've seen Marcus Mariota pulled. You get, you know, there's a big – um, there's a wide variety wide variety and they're they're all stars you're not going to get some you know you're not going to get some offensive lineman no one's ever heard yeah of. you're not going to get a caleb slaughterhoff jersey so um yeah i just wanted to let people know um how you know how that all works and to go check that out um and as for as far as my shout of the week i'm super excited about this shot of the week because you know i've just really i think everyone in the sports world has been talking about this guy but i'm shouting out lebron he, oh, he don't need a shout out from anybody, but I'm gonna do it because he's the GM of the Cavs, he's the coach of the Cavs, and he's the star player of the Cavs. It's his team. He rides or dies with the losses. He rides or dies with the wins. He rides or dies for the losses. He jumped ship and went to Miami for four years. That was his, and like I said, that was his <laughs> darkest day. That was the one thing. I, I, I'm not. I'm not gonna argue with that. I didn't like how that all went down, and it's not even that I don't like that he left. It's just how he left. But anyways, he's back now. He's four straight finals. This entire season, you can play back every single episode that we had against uh, about the Cleveland Cavaliers. And every single episode, we say, I don't think this team's going to be able to get it done. I don't think this team's going to be able to get out of the East. I don't know if this team can do it. They're, it's it's a trash they fire. They, had, they made massive trades at the trade deadline. They got a completely different team than they did last year. They got a completely different team than they had at the beginning of the season. <laughs> you know, I don't think any team could ever do anything like this other than this team. Um, and it's not I, – I don't like – I don't think this is the worst team he's ever put to the finals. I think that 2007 roster absolutely was not as good as this team. Agreed. But – this team right now is the team playing the worst going into the finals. That 07 team would mop this team up with names like Booby Gibson Zydrunas and Danielle Marshall. Zydrunas Ogowskis. 
that that team would mop this team up because that team in 2007 was playing good. It was that like was a watching team. it was like watching Boston and Indiana this year in the playoffs. It was like, a team. You said this team's playing great. They got they can beat LeBron. You know what I mean? They're they're playing good. They're playing together. Chemistry, all that. 2007's team had all of that. They beat a Pistons team they had no business of beating. This year's team is playing like shit. Yes, they have nice names, good players, veteran guys, but they played like shit. Anybody that's watched them, the eyeball test, you know this team hasn't played well. And he single-handedly willed them to the finals. Shout out LeBron James. Well, I'm glad you got that off your chest because – you know, I, it's got to be said. It's amazing what he did. It's amazing, regardless it, it, of how this yes, turns out. Yes, it is amazing. I've never seen a team. I've never seen one player take a franchise, not a team, a franchise that is in such bad shape to the, to a championship. You just yeah. don't see it. No, no, we've never we've never seen it before. Never seen it. But anyway, my shout out this week is to the Los Angeles Dodgers. They've won nine out of their last eleven games. They're only three and a half out of first place now. They've turned a corner since Justin Turner has returned, and I really think they're starting to find their stride. Yep. Clayton Kershaw is coming back from his injury. He's making he's making his first start on Thursday. Fuck so yes. I think the Dodgers are starting to turn it around. I'm ready for Kershaw to get back out there. Yeah. I, I mean Turner was huge, but I'm ready for ready for Kershaw to get back out there and do his thing. Yep. So anyway, guys, don't forget you can find us at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to find myself or Tyler on Twitter, be sure to follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler's underscore world underscore. All of our content can be found on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. Just type in keyword the Sports Kingdom Show in the search bar. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us as well. We are also now on Anchor. Just go to anchor.fm slash TSK show or download the Anchor app for your iPhone or Android That's it for this episode of the TSK Show. We appreciate you all so much for listening. We will be back next week with another great episode. Peace. Later.